and welcome to 21st Century Vitalism. I'm your host, Brett Kane. You're tuning in to episode 9. Today we're going to be sitting down with Hannah Lane of Earth Radio, Neo Soul Group, out of West Michigan. Uh, you might be noticing that the quality of this intro is going to be a little bit different than the typical fare because I had to flee my house. One of my housemates uh, got the COVID, so I'm quarantining about an hour away from my studio. I sadly didn't bring my mic. But luckily, this episode was actually recorded before I left, so um, you can expect the same audio fidelity as all prior episodes. And as a result, I'm not going to talk a whole lot, because I'd rather just jump right in. But man, has this week been crazy, right? I don't know about y'all, but uh, COVID is just sweeping through my extended circle. Um, I got family with it, I got friends, I got housemates. Um, That and with the election, I just feel like it's a very auspicious window of time. Um, y'all probably already know, uh, we are done with the Don and we are moving on to the Joe, um, Biden that is, um, my own personal thoughts. I think it's obviously the better call, but I am not being lulled into a false sense of security because I mean, this is the establishment that got Donald elected. I'm hopeful. I think going forward, really sink into this sensation of happiness that you may be feeling. There's no shame in that, but also be vigilant and be mindful that the fight is not over, and this cabinet administration thing doesn't represent us any more than it ever has. So for those of you who are new to politics, who just voted this election, I would advocate for continuing your engagement. Um, It's not not spiritual to be involved in the material world, and actually that's how true spirituality ends up manifesting, is by being responsible and being engaged with the society you live in, I am not going to tell you which way that is, if you're a Republican or Democrat, as long as you're getting involved. Um, Genuinely educating yourself, not settling on any preset way of things, you know. I think it's really important to just always be a student and never assume that you know the complete unbridled truth. Um, With that said, though, I don't want to get too political because I know a lot of people are like, yo, I'm here for the musician, I'm here for this and that. Um, yeah, today we are sitting down with Hannah Lane. She's a baller. She's got some really cool offerings. She just started a Patreon, which you can find in the description below. She's doing vocal coaching. She's giving guided meditations, music, um, poetry every week. She's got a cool platform, and I'm really glad that I was able to uh, interact with her. This is my first time sitting down with her. I uh, ran sound for her once, and we talk about that experience a little bit back when I worked at the Founders Brewing. Um, but no, this is a really cool conversation. It's really heady. There's a lot of good spiritual tidbits. Um, like I said, I don't want to talk too much because I'd rather you just get in and experience what she has to bring to the table. So there's a lot of good stuff here. Um, yeah, if you want to listen to the rest of the track uh, that I opened with, it's called Evolve. It's from Earth Radio's third album, which just released in August. It's called Reanimate. They have a really wonderful music video that we actually talk about in the show here. But if you want to hear the full thing, you can either Spotify, YouTube, or wait till the end of the episode uh, if you want to listen through, and then um, I'll play the full thing for you. Um, yeah, without further ado, here is my friend and yours, Hannah Lane.
Hannah Lane. Hello and welcome to 21st Century Vitalism. Hello, thank you. Yeah, thank you for taking some time out of your uh, busy schedule to sit down with me. I really appreciate it. I thought a great way to open this up uh, was to actually read you some of your lyrics and to maybe oh. jump off from there. Is that okay? okay. Yeah, of course. Cool. I just think it's going to prove for some really good conversation. And it also mm. really inspired me when I read it. So, um, mm. Another breakdown, another cloudy day. I feel like a child. I feel like a child. You give me loving, but I just take up your brain because mine is so damn loud. Mine is so damn loud. Please don't be afraid because it'll pass in an hour or so when I awake. Please don't be afraid because I am changed. I need the sunshine, sunshine in my life. Dark skies, moonrise to survive. The water's rising. I try to fight it away. I can't let it out. I won't let it out. Just breathe it in now. Soak in all the pain and let it flow throughout. Let it heal throughout. Please don't be afraid because it'll pass in an hour or so when I awake. Please don't be afraid because I am changed. I really like this. And mm. <laughs> a reason that I really like this is you also have Ram Dass's Be Here Now. And what I find really fascinating about this contrast that you created with this post is that it emphasizes a major important part of the, the spiritual path and that acknowledgement of the shadow. And I wanted to just get your thoughts I'm sorry to put you on the spot. And it is something very vulnerable. So, okay. Yeah, um, it is. Totally is. Um, but it's okay. And I'm happy to talk about it. Um, yeah, that song is one of the most, um, the closest songs to my heart because it is so vulnerable. And it comes from this place of like just, you know, being caught in that, in that dark part of your brain and that uncomfortability, seeing that it affects your relationships with other people. And, but you know, working through that and um, trying to find the light within those moments. Um, I've experienced lots of moments like that and I think a lot of people have, but it can be very painful and um, isolating to feel that down and that stuck in in your mind. And Ram Dass's book, Be Here Now, really helped me to to see that that light is now, that peace is now, and I just need to quiet the brain, which is a very difficult thing to do sometimes but knowing that it's there is also just like it's the inspiration knowing that there is an end to that darkness and the light will come and it's there you just have to peel away some of those layers and things that are clouding your vision in order to see it so is that what music helps you do? It does, yes. Um, writing lyrics, I think, helps me to, to, see, to process, what, process what's going on in my mind and what I'm having a hard time with. Or even, like, bring me closer to my spirit and, like, you know, I like to use mantra in my 
lyricism as well, like things to bring me into that place of, of light and peace. Um, so yes, it's very therapeutic for me, and I, it is singing just like brings that connection to my spirit that um, I forget about sometimes. Yeah. When you say that you use mantra in your lyricism, Mm -hmm. um, what exactly do you mean by that for the folks who aren't really familiar Mm -hmm. with how mantra operates? Mm. Um, So traditionally, mantra would be like a Sanskrit word that people would chant in order to come close to God or spirit. Um, But for me, it's like, it's these little... um, phrases that just come to me that calm me down like I'll hear a voice which maybe one would call their higher self or one would call I don't know a spirit or a guide Um, and I hear I hear like these whispers of like light and truth like um, you know I'm not thinking of it right now, but I would like to, I'd like to find something to read to you. I would love that, yeah. That's okay. Of course. Yeah. This is like, um, it's very vulnerable. <laughs> this is my, my journal that I use to process just my state of mind in the moment. And what I find when I write is, you know, getting out all the anxiety or the judgment or whatever is keeping me from from that peace that usually comes out in like the first half a page. And then somewhere along the line, I get that guidance. Mm. Okay, like, my truth today is I am a strong, independent woman. That is a mantra. Mm. When I'm not feeling strong and independent, when I'm feeling weak, replace it with that. I am love. I give love and I receive love. I adapt with ease. All of those I would consider mantra. Yeah. It's almost like there's the words and then there's the energy that you imbue the words with. And Mm -hmm. in repeating a phrase, you're kind of bringing it into your energy field. You're able to express through those those words and you appropriate it and it becomes mm-hmm. as much you as the rest of you are, you know? And, um, yeah, so. right. Like, like you can use that as a way to replace negativity because whatever thought that you're thinking about yourself is what you're accepting as your truth in that moment. So turning that around... Telling yourself, I am love, I am love, I am love, I am love. You invite that in, you start to feel it. You start to feel that connection and it becomes true. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. It's, uh, I think Ramdas's uh, mantra near the end was, I am loving awareness. There's mm-hmm. a uh, really beautiful album by this gentleman named East Forest. Have you heard of him at all? Mm-mm. No, he was one of the few lucky people at the end who was able to sit down with Ram Dass and have a conversation, mm-hmm. and he recorded it all, and then he made an album out of that conversation, and he has mm-hmm. a song called I Am Loving Awareness, and it's mm-hmm. him repeating it over and over, and that was the thing that connected him to Maharaji, or his guru. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah, I really like that that mm-hmm. idea, and it's kind of fascinating as a musician because you get to sing these yes. mantras all the time pre-covid mm-hmm. you know you're going on stage and you're sharing that <laughs> yeah. process with people and i think that's really mm-hmm. incredible mm-hmm. thank you so the thing the first time that i connected with you the first time that i saw you in action was actually completely without words um i was at mm-hmm. a sacred springs kombucha tap house oh, and you were yeah. doing uh one of your live looping sessions where mm-hmm. um it was like a very ethereal thing it it totally gripped me though and i was like Mm -hmm. yo this human there's like some dynamicism to like what draws you to art and what's channeling through you i feel at least from my experience Mm -hmm. and then i had that kind of reiterated when i was running sound for you at um founders brewing um there was Mm -hmm. a big party of a bunch of grand rapids musicians and um Mm. everything was like (laughs) funk it was all really dancey and then you got onto the stage and then everything (laughs) like the vibe just tilted on its head and i was like oh Mm. my god i love this like we need more of this in the community Mm. like those moments (laughs) of like reprieve those moments of just like breathing and just being in a shared Mm. space so how did you how how do you do that magic what is that (laughs) it's fascinating well i'm really glad that you you mentioned that about that founder's night um because that night like I was getting so much pressure from other people to do covers, which I just didn't feel like I wanted to do. You know, that's just not where my spirit resonates all the time. Like sometimes I feel I need more of that, um, that I just need more me and covers don't feel like me sometimes. Um, So I felt like, I felt like worried that people were not going to respond well to it because everyone else was doing these covers and like um, it was turning into like a party vibe, you know. And then I go up there and I'm (laughs) playing my drum, my Peruvian drum (laughs) and um, chanting and (laughs) at Founders Brewing Company. Yeah, so, yeah, it was a little, it was a little intimidating, you know, Um, just kind of worried about how other people um, would respond to that. One second, Mm -hmm. my cat is stuck in here. (laughs) For my constant listeners, this is the second cat that we have introduced (laughs) to the show, so wonderful, just collecting cat experiences. Mm Mm-hmm. But anyway, like, I'm glad that I did it because it felt like me in the moment and all those worries about what other people think and how they're going to respond to it is, 
you know, it's not real. It's not reality. Mm. And so the fact that I felt that in the moment and I was inspired to do that is what I was meant to do. Um, but it's like, you know, it solidifies that somebody was affected by that music and somebody found um, awe in that or connection with that. So that means a lot. Yeah. And I feel yeah. like, I mean, regardless of anyone says this, that, or the other thing, like there, there were more people that were affected by that. And I think that the people mm -hmm. that that was meant to touch received it and mm -hmm. it like settles into their genetic being, you know, like that settled into their, their experience. And I think yeah. that honestly, any kind of medicine work like that, cause I consider it medicine work. I mean, whatever mm -hmm. space you take up with that sound, it, mm -hmm. it's really powerful. It's a really spacious mm -hmm. experience to be able to like, see that and like absorb that so like how mm. did you develop that skill how did you realize that mm. you could generate spaces like these i i don't know it came i think it just has been developing really naturally um justin avdek in earth radio he set me up with some pedals to use a microphone through with like hooking up your vocal mic through a pedal chain and with that reverb I was like really into singing with it and I had a looper and this was back when I just had my tiny little boss RC 300 looper mm -hmm. <laughs> and um, one night I found myself just like creating soundscapes and like layering my voice and um, I was involved in choir in high school so it felt like almost choral but it was very very spacious and um, and like I was playing around with the dynamics in it like creating like this big swell and then it felt like you know like an ocean or an ocean of sound so I think that was like the first um, the first moment that I found connection with that kind of singing. Um, and I've always been really interested in like Eastern healing practices and um, specifically chakra meditations and chakra healing. And um, I took a lesson with a woman who, she is a vocal empowerment coach. I love that title. Yeah, that's great. Um, yeah, she worked in L.A. for a little bit and then moved back to Michigan, which is her home base. And um, my somebody recommended her to me because they knew that I was really, I actually was like really fascinated with um, Tibetan throat singing and <laughs> that kind of stuff. And I really wanted to learn how to do that with my voice because it's fascinating. And... Um, so her name came up, and she didn't teach me that, but she taught me how to, um, like, tone my chakras with my voice. And I've been really, like, that really stuck with me, and I've been um, using that as a source of healing and meditation with myself. Um, so that's kind of like those two beginnings into how um, my looping has evolved and... Sacred Springs was an awesome place for me to explore that because it is so open to the ethereal, um, which 
like any other bar. Oh my God, nobody, nobody would want to hear that, you know? So, so that was really nice. I talked to Jeff about doing like a weekly, um, thing there and he couldn't pay me. So I just did it, um, for the sake of exploring sound in a sacred place. And yeah. And then I came up with this idea of like exploring different chakras every week and um, like focusing on one chakra and what kind of sounds are inspired by that and what comes through. And so, yeah, that's how it's kind of evolved. That's really cool, like that active, it's it's like a meditation into those aspects mm-hmm. of your experience. You know, like you're kind of like a cartographer in that way, using your voice as the flashlight in the dark just to like see that aspect of your being. You know, that's really powerful. Mm-hmm. Have you thought of any way to like integrate that into like having a one-on-one session with somebody? Or are you doing sound bathy mm-hmm. type things or? Mm-hmm. I have done a couple um, I've done, I've worked with Michelle Lesky. Um, she owns a company called Shamama and she does breath work, um, like breath group breath work. So I've joined her for a, a few of those, um, creating like a, a sound bath while people are breathing. And it, it's so cool to be a part of because there is so much happening energetically with every person in the room and to be like a source of like peace and calm during these sometimes intense like transformations or releases um is very very powerful yeah and i've done also a sound bath for a yoga event too so yeah, it's really just Sacred Springs and and those two events so far. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, there's mm-hmm. definitely something I think like very unresearched about sound baths. Like I know that there's no like scientific rigid like this is what it's doing, but like I've had many experiences where I've just been completely blown away and I just using sound like tones and like consistent tone and I just, I really wish that we had a better understanding, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's just such a wild yeah. aspect of experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. And I've been reading a lot about these things because they are so fascinating. Um, but it's all like, it's all vibration and a lot of things in even, um, Western medicine, you know, use vibration. So some of it has been understood in a, in a Western medicinal way, but there's still so much that, um, I think can be accepted here and explored more, more deeply. Yeah. And I mean, it's not too far off from like listening to music and having a strong emotional reaction Mm -hmm. too. you know, it's, maybe a more fundamental experience than that. You know, you're not as in your head. It's like playing with the same modality, but it's not reifying the ego and kind of gets you beyond that, you know? So it's just it's, it's so fascinating. Um, mm-hmm. Truly. So as you're getting into live looping and into these sound bathy type settings, 
I'm kind of curious, just like what got you started in music in the first place? You know, like what was the story that got you to be the Hannah Lane of today with this intricate balance of like both a lot of talent, but also like this keen insight into the human experience and dealing with suffering and dealing with bliss and evolving and what what what's the path that got you mm. to where you are? Mm. Um, well, I grew up um, with a, a father who is a musician. So I was always around music and it was always a part of my life. Um, I was singing since like since birth. <laughs> I mean, not literally, but... Um, <laughs> you didn't come out the womb crying, but, you, know, you were singing. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just always been a part of, of my life. And, like, there's a picture of me when I'm maybe four years old, and I have this Spice Girls microphone, and I'm, like, getting ready to perform. Like, I just <laughs> loved performing and, like, being glitzy and... Yeah, I was always involved in, like, dance and theater and um, choir and, and um, singing with my dad around, um, around West Michigan because I grew up in Rockford. And, yeah, I was always singing with him. I sang in church. It's just always been a part of my life. So it just seems like a really natural thing that, I didn't, like, especially growing up, I didn't really have to try to be a musician. It was just, it was who I was. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that that's kind of what separates a lot of, there's a lot of people who try to get into music but end up hitting a lot mm -hmm. of walls. And I feel like it's yeah. oftentimes because they're trying to be a musician rather than just being a musician, mm -hmm. you know? There's something to that, that, that pull, you know? Mm-hmm. So how did you end up getting involved with the folks over at Earth Radio then? That's like your main outfit mm. right now, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. So um, I actually, I went to college for, for business, which is a little funny because I'm like not really doing that right now. <laughs> but I guess like, you know, a lot of, of music, you still have to do the business side of things. Um, but after college, I, you know, tried to get a job as an event planner and then just realized, like, I know why I'm not getting a job is because I don't want this. <laughs> and I saw an ad for a cover band for a singer, and I joined that, Funkle Jesse. So I was doing that with them for two years. That's with Brandino, right? That was with Brandino, yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, so I joined probably October of 2016. That was right after I graduated. Um, and I had met a, a guy through my dad um, at a songwriting workshop. And I had performed at it, and he really liked what I was doing and he says he said he had his um a home studio so he invited me to just record something for free and I did that and uh um recorded my first EP Cut Your Strings and I uh, was introduced to Justin and Dutcher at Brad Fritcher's wedding <laughs> it was the first time I met Brad Fritcher too 
Um, but that was through a friend who had known a lot of musicians in the music scene in Grand Rapids and knew that I wanted to start something of my own. So um, met Justin and Dutcher. I asked Justin to be to play bass on my EP, and then we started um, playing shows together and just like even writing, getting together and just playing music and found that our chemistry for writing was really, really great because I would bring like a structure of a song and not really know where to go with it. And, and he would add so many ideas to it. And it just like, you know, we would, we would kind of snowball off of each other and it, it would just evolve into something greater than what I could have done on my own. So um, in August of that year, it was 2017, um, Justin calls me and says, hey, I'm recording an album. Do you want to be part of it? And he brought uh, Dutcher into the mix and Mario Copeland, who played drums on our first, um, our first album. And we, we brought some ideas and some songs to the table and then also just like wrote a bunch in the studio, which was his parents' basement, <laughs> Justin's parents' basement. <laughs> the studio. <laughs> yeah, the studio. <laughs> yeah, so it just, um, yeah, that's how it started, was recording an album. Yeah, now you guys are on your third album, Reanimate, yes. which I actually yes. just listened to uh, again for the second time uh, last week. It was like once we secured mm-hmm. the date, I'm like, I'm going to re-listen to that. And uh, yeah, it's one of those albums for me that it's like it's an album and that I have to listen to it from start to finish. It's really hard for me for certain albums to like pick out a single song because they each feed off each other in really cool mm-hmm. ways. Um, and yeah, I just, I just got cut up off your single uh, is it a single Evolve? I know you're doing, you did the music video for it. Um, yeah, it was like kind of a single. We okay. released it before the album, just on Bandcamp. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. And honestly, that one really sticks out to me. I really enjoyed it. And I think the video also is like mm-hmm. feeding into the mythos of what that song is about. Um, mm-hmm. So how did you know that that was the one that you wanted to do, like the full music video, um, mm-hmm. the full shebang for? Mm-hmm. Well, when we were recording, um, this was in February, we recorded the album and I envisioned at the end of the song that we would invite friends and family and community members into the studio to sing the last few choruses with us because I, I thought that would be like a powerful way to to bring the message to light um, because it's about like, like looking at each other and instead of getting caught up in our disagreements or um, things that we don't connect with on, instead of looking at that, like choosing choosing to bring positivity and love and understanding into the situation so that we can work together to evolve into more mindful and loving species. Yeah. So, so oh, I'm sorry. Um, go ahead. <laughs> I lost my train of thought. It's weird how like one utterance can just like completely <laughs> derail the train. 
Um, did you yeah. write that in mind specifically for like interpersonal relationships or on a more grander scale in general? Because I kind of thought both mm-hmm. ways. Like it was kind of like it yeah. let's evolve together to everybody, but mm-hmm. also I could totally see it in like a romantic interpersonal way. Like, hey, let's mm-hmm. evolve together, you know? Yeah. I think when when that chorus came to me before the rest of the song was written, it it was like more of a romantic idea. Um, evolve with me. Will you be my evolving partner? Um, but as I wrote the the verse, um, yeah, it was more. Uh, it was reflective on like a disagreement that I had with a friend, and I noticed that like we were actually almost saying the same thing. Like we want the same thing. We want peace and love, but it comes out differently. And sometimes we feel the energy of the words before we hear them. So like how a person is communicating to you might not be how you communicate. And if you're not feeling, if you're Sometimes you can feel like you're being attacked, but they're not actually trying to attack you. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it kind of came from that idea, which, you know, it's interpersonal, but it's also, it's also about the whole world because that, that affects everyone and how we, how we relate to each other and, how we communicate with each other kind of also reminds me a little bit of like a like the bhakti path of yoga like the yoga of like Mm -hmm. uh devotion you know it's kind of like rumi and sufism is rumi's approach to divinity and stuff was to like fall in love as if it was your beloved you know so like i always like any sort of like interpersonal thing i'm like a romantic at heart so i really like the idea Mm -hmm. of like using that as a platform to reach the divine you know it's like through the Mm -hmm. other person you know so yeah yeah i think that Mm -hmm. it naturally like spoke to me in that sense because i've always had kind of an affinity for that Mm -hmm. um and yeah, the video, I think also it kind of even like feeds into that theme a little bit because like at the end mm-hmm. you open it up and you have the 40 other people. And then, you know, at first you're kind of mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, this is like a, I'm singing this to my boo. And then it's like, oh wait, who are all these other people watching and singing to Like, <laughs> it's like that like, Disney musical moment when like mm. the entire city starts singing and dancing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we're all here. No. <laughs> yeah. So that like. I wanted that to be in the studio in person, but then, but then the shutdowns happened in March and we weren't even able to mix the album in the studio or do any of those finishing touches that we wanted to do. Um, so we moved everything online, did like mixing through Zoom. And, but then that's when we got the idea like to make a video out of it and um, to invite people while they're in quarantine to connect to others in a unique way and share their voice and be a part of this like collective thing that's happening while they're feeling isolated and disconnected. 
Yeah. Something that keeps coming up on the show is like there's these like hidden gems of actual goodness that have come from COVID. And I almost feel like mm-hmm. the way that that video is structured, it would be cool with everybody in the studio. But like, mm-hmm. you know, it kind of offered you this like new opportunity to express a different aspect of being human. You know, it's like we're all isolated, but together, you know. So mm-hmm. it's just kind of fascinating. Um, so I'm going to assume that the album was meant to come out before August then. And then COVID pushed it mm-hmm. back or, okay. Yeah, it did. Yep. Yeah. So how has that, that transition been into this new world? Um, as a musician, I imagine mm-hmm. that you're primarily making your living through music at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, how has that, how's this yeah. been for you? Uh, it's been weird. <laughs> it's been different. Um, I was, you know, playing shows, playing weddings, teaching um, at Triumph Music Academy in the studio. Um, and all of that shifted a lot. Triumph, I was able to teach some of my students online, um, but a lot of people were in tricky situations where they couldn't go forward with lessons at all. So that took a little dip and, um, I still had a few shows with Earth Radio, but, you know, normally we'd have a summer full of shows and we had maybe like four, (laughs) which each one was so great, you know, from just being closed off from people, um, being able to be around folks is a little like there's a little bit of anxiety with that, you know, Um, but but mostly like it was just beautiful that people we're coming together to experience music and um yeah and i had a lot of weddings were canceled too so i've had a lot of time yeah yeah (laughs) yeah so i've been using this time and like i i've been doing pretty well with quarantine i'm an introvert so it's uh it's not that hard for me to be alone and find something to do um, so I thankfully had gotten a few books from the library right before it closed and I got to keep them for like five months. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well played. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I didn't even like really plan that out. It just happened. Um, but I got this book called Excellence in Singing and it's like basically a college course that I just got for free. So I've been kind of studying how the voice works and how to uh, really, um, really connect everything and and make sense of everything and like um, and smooth out your voice in different ways. And it's helped me with teaching, but it's also helped me with um, learning my own voice as well. So I got I got that book and I got um, a couple books on sound healing and. Um, yeah, so I've enjoyed learning. (laughs) The summer has been about learning. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm in the same exact boat. I've been not just renting books, but buying books and just Mm -hmm. really getting in on like massage therapy and how the body all Mm -hmm. comes together and works and how I can affect Mm -hmm. it and like where my boundary is as therapist. Mm -hmm. And um, Mm -hmm. it's just really fascinating for me because it's like, 
I just got licensed during COVID. So I mm. missed like a couple months of schooling and then we ended up going through with everything. And so like I wasn't able to practice after I graduated mm. for like five months and getting back mm. to it. It was like, oh, uh, what am I doing? Oh, I'm working with the public now. Okay. So <laughs> yeah. it, it's weird. Cause, Strange. Yeah. Strange transition. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird because like at points I'm kind of like, it set me back a little bit, but I feel like it actually propelled me further because I was learning so many different things. Mm -hmm. um, so do you kind of feel the same yeah, with your singing? Like you're I not do. doing as many shows, but yeah. Yeah. No, I've learned so much about my voice over the past few months. And yeah, I don't, I I've probably lost a little bit of endurance, like to be able to play and sing like a three hour show. Um, but I've still been singing mostly doing like exercises and um, just noticing what happens in my voice, like really focusing on vowel shapes and which is like totally connected with sound healing as well. Um, yeah, and it's also given me space to deepen my yoga and meditation practice and explore other things and so. It's kind of a yeah. weird contrast for the way your summer's been is that like you're focusing so much on your voice and essentially your respiratory system. And right now mm -hmm. there's like a respiratory illness sweeping the land, you know, it's, yeah. it's kind of like a weird poignant spot to be, I'm sure, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It's interesting how, how those are related to each other. Um, yeah. You're yeah. kind of at the intersection of that. So mm -hmm. what... You, you mentioned meditation and yoga and um, that's mm -hmm. kind of like a big part of like, at least from what I'm grokking from your platform is that you're very centered in yourself and your spirit. Like mm -hmm. where did that seed get planted and how does, how did that kind of blossom mm -hmm. in your life to be talking about Ram Dass and being plugged into like all the, what mm -hmm. I would consider right avenues. What was that path sure. like? Um, well, I was raised in a Christian environment my family um, was pretty liberal, so they weren't ever like, you know. Um, we went to church every week, but they weren't ever really strict on ideals and, and things like that and rituals and stuff. Um, and in college, I was feeling like, you know, I was so used to having the church be my my place of spiritual connection, because that's what I knew. And in college, I tried to, um, I was struggling to find that just by um, just being around people that were non-Christians. Um, because at the time, that was like, that was my spirituality. That, that's what I knew as my spirituality. So I got involved in this like, very evangelical church and didn't really realize how evangelical it was. Um, and I think it was like so intense that it kind of just really pushed me away and shattered like my idea of spirituality and um, religion. And um, so going through this like when, when I was taking a step back and realizing that I didn't really resonate with um, this church, I was speaking to a friend who 
practiced yoga and who was taking a yoga teacher training course. And she recommended um, Eckhart Tolle's book, The Power, not The Power of Now, um, A New Earth. And that book like totally opened my mind to to spirit in a different way that wasn't labeled God or Jesus, um, this like spirit that's within me and how my thinking brain can get in the way of connecting with that spirit. Um, so that was like kind of the doorway into, into this new path. And yeah, I struggled with depression for a while and was on medication for it and um, as I started to step into this spiritual path reading Ram Das books, Eckhart Tolle, practicing yoga, um, it made me realize that I have this power within me and um, I didn't actually need the medication, and maybe I did earlier in my life, but um, at that moment it was, you know, going into that, into these practices made me realize that that was my medication, that was medicine. That's what brought me back to myself and made me feel peaceful and, yeah, helped me love myself. So... Yeah, that was that's, the beginning. It's wonderful. That's mm. kind of like a common, not not to say that your story is common by any means, but mm. oftentimes it is like the dark aspects of experience that kind of lead you to the light. You know, it's kind of like a seed mm-hmm. is planted that you're going to have to water yeah. at some point, you know. Mm-hmm. So do you find, yeah. what's, what's your active practice like now? How do you maintain mm-hmm. that connection? Because, I mean, I'm sure it's probably pretty important for the music output you have because I feel like you are Mm -hmm. singing from that place when you're, I mean, watching you, I'm going to say channel, you know, the spacious Mm -hmm. atmosphere. Like, what do you do to maintain Mm -hmm. that, that integrity? Mm. Um, Yeah, I mean, it's like, it's a constant practice. It's, but definitely like having a ritual helped me get into this space where Um, I could hold that, that space for myself longer. Um, And one thing that really helped me, you know, in the beginning, when I decided to get off the medication and just like, you know, dive deeper into yoga, that's what I was doing mostly was yoga. And um, these chakra meditation, guided meditation, um, audio tracks, um, that were on an app, so I was doing those, and um, yeah. And the past year, I think the year in 2019 was a very transformative year for me um, because I decided to read this book called *Sacred Woman* by Queen Afua, and I've I found out about. Queen Afua in this this book through Erica Badu. She's one of my favorite um, artists, she's and great. she's like like her music really helped me also to see that like I have the power within me to change and to to 
become the light that I want to be, the light that I am. <laughs> um, so I got this book, and it's a it's a practice that is based on um, Kemetic tradition. Kemet, um, the Kemet people were the first people of Egypt, and um, there's different. You know, they, they call upon guides to inspire different feelings, which I also think is similar to, like, doing a chakra meditation. You know, I'm calling upon the root chakra for this stability, security. I could call upon the guide, Ta-Ert, to connect me to the earth because she is the earth um, guardian. Um, so I always am, I'm fascinated at like looking at different views of spirit, how people view spirit. So that could be from a different religion or just um, a different lifestyle. Um, but this book was very meditation-based and um, wellness-based. So the first in the first section, she talks about healing your womb, which is important for women because in this patriarchal society, um, you know, we think of God as this, a, a man, as a masculine um, entity. Or at least that's how I was raised. Um, and we don't, many women, and especially myself, before I read this book, kind of viewed, like, the womb as this burden. Um, because it's like, you know, a lot of women experience cramps, and it's, it's not, like, accepted to talk about it, and it is becoming more accepted, which is amazing and, and really good for us. Um, but yeah, so the first, the, the first section talks about healing the womb and how like the womb, the womb is this portal into, that brings life into this world. It's like, it's so spiritual. It's so connected with spirit. And um, yeah, so, so there are different like gateways, she calls it, um, to focus on. So different things you focus on. And I took... I took months for some of these gateways. Um, so one is healing the womb. One is um, bringing sacred energy into your words. What you speak is what is manifested. Um, another is sacred food. What you put into your body is going to affect your body. And treat your body like a vessel. This is a vessel. This is what you get, you know, in this short lifetime. This is what you get. Um, and another is sacred beauty. How do you present yourself to the world? Um, because you can change someone's energy based on how you are presenting yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, another one is sacred space. Um, 
which can mean so many things, space between words, space between thoughts, um, space in your body, your sacred space could be your body as a temple, like it's always there for you wherever you go. I have a home and I take it everywhere I go. I love that line. That's really good. Yeah. Or like, and your home too. It's like the energy in your home. How are you caring for your, for the space that you reside? Um, and then another one is sacred healing. Um, so bringing that healing into your own hands, not making excuses and um, waiting for somebody else to heal yourself, to heal you, but to, to take that responsibility and do the work. Um, sacred relationships, how you treat other people is going to affect your energy. Um, letting go of toxic relationships that are infiltrating your life and infiltrating your sacred space. It's a hard so, one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is hard. Um, and also like being that light of change in your relationships and sacred union. is like the union of the masculine and feminine within yourself. And then sacred lotus and this initiation is like, you know, transcending all of that, all of the thought, all thought and, um, ideas of who you are and just being light, being love. So this is all from the sacred woman text? Yes. Yes. So that was like a whole year, um, experience where I spent a month or two on each thing, like really absorbing it, um, and inviting that energy into into my life and it's still like I even though I'm I've read the book I still practice that so that's part of my my daily ritual it maybe doesn't happen every day but um is you know taking time to sit with myself and just let come to me like what what do I maybe need to bring to the forefront of myself today do I need more energy with sacred word or do I need to focus on my womb? Do I need some healing? And then I'll invite that guide and that energy into my space to um, influence me throughout the day. Mm -hmm. It's really powerful. It is. I think that that's mm -hmm. probably the greatest work of this decade and the decade prior is just like mm -hmm. that reclamation of what the divine feminine is. Um, mm -hmm. And I definitely always have to like check myself and I'm always like, whenever uh, one of my female friends starts like talking about it, I'm always just like, okay, but like, tell me more please. Cause like, I have to understand that like my brain is mm -hmm. so confined to the masculine demiurge right. and in just listening, like I know that that's the best thing that I could possibly do. Like, it's not about yes. me prescribing, you know, it's just like mm -hmm. letting expression happen yes. and it, it is important. Mm -hmm. I was just talking with a prior guest about um, 
you know, like the power of like women's circles and women coming together and being able to explore these things together. And I would love to see, like, obviously protect and respect those spaces, but I would love to see like co-ed circles where we really Mm -hmm. intentionally come together and like do the work to start bringing our full selves to each other. And I think that that is maybe like the next decade, you know, I think there's been a Mm. lot of work being done on both sides. I feel like the masculine is honestly kind of like set aside for the time being and maybe it should be, but Mm. I think in inviting it to the table and Mm. like allowing it to make the transition with like grace is also very important. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And masculine can, can be so fire that we need the balance of the coolness before we can feel the balance of the whole encompassing energy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, I mean, part of like what I want to do with the show, you know, and like what I think we, we should all be doing with all of our projects is like really creating a space to actually like listen to these experiences and not mm-hmm. shut them down or like say that they're woo or like anybody's mm-hmm. exploration of their own and men, man, woman, you know, like they can both experience the feminine and masculine in different ways. Like whatever mm-hmm. someone's experience with those energies are, like we should be listening because we all have a mm-hmm. piece to bring to the puzzle, you know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. We're all a window to the divine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is why I think like music is honestly the f- forefront of that exploration because it's like you do the work within yourself to do the healing and set up your sacred container and then you go out to Founders Brewing and then you open up that <laughs> space and all those people there who even the people who might not receive it right away, like that was an invitation that they may have never had, you know, mm-hmm. was, a lot of people are just like, I have no frame of reference for what she's doing on stage. <laughs> and like, that's yeah. the, the foundation. You're helping people build a foundation. So, you know, for mm-hmm. like the artists and the poets, it's really important to get out there. And if you're doing this work, yeah. find a way to channel what you're doing, you know? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Definitely. Yeah, I think it's like it's very important to do exactly what you're being called to do. Yeah. 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 And knowing what that that true voice is too. I think that can be confusing sometimes if you've never like experienced the clarity of of hearing that. Like what am I listening for? Yeah. <laughs> could be looking in an entirely different direction like mm-hmm. do you have any it's like the million dollar question everybody has you know if i could and if i could get this question answered i wouldn't need to do a podcast but like do you have any advice for the people who are just completely in the dark like how do you listen if you've been deaf your entire life so to speak mm. i really think journaling has helped me like just in journaling with no judgment just writing down literally everything that comes to your mind and then maybe later you can read it and decide what you want to keep and what you don't that's how I was that was a therapeutic practice for me for a while and probably still is I haven't done it in a while but um just going through and like looking at like maybe I have a negative thought about myself like do I want to keep that and I'd cross it out if I didn't want it. Mm. Um, and I've been reading this book, Hardwiring Happiness, um, which recommends to take that negative material and find the opposite of it and absorb that 
into yourself. Yeah. I was just watching, um, I don't know, are you familiar with The Midnight Gospel on Netflix? Mm, I love it. I was re-watching the Damien Eccles episode, uh, The Fishbowl mm. Head, and he was literally like saying the same thing. It's like whatever you think about often is what you're, what you're giving energy to. So mm-hmm. those things that you're thinking about, they have some sort of relevance to your life, but in changing mm-hmm. the script on how you navigate that experience actually changes where you're investing your energy. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think it's also important for um, for us to sit with ourselves and do nothing. Yeah. Whether that's meditation, or you can call it meditation, or you could just call it sitting. Um, but that silence and feeling, like really feeling whatever you're feeling in the moment and letting that be there, accepting that. I think that's so important and it's so easy not to do that it's so easy to fill up every single space with your phone or with talking or tv or books yeah that's kind of one for me too i always Mm -hmm. we always justify not sitting and doing the practice by like yeah but i can be getting this thing done like we're just so addicted to like progress and like going for the next thing Mm-hmm. It's also just kind of uncomfortable. You have to have a sense of courage before you have a sitting practice mm-hmm. because like what you come face to face with is yourself and oftentimes we've been running from that our entire lives. Yeah. So to try yeah. and like sort that. I mean, sitting isn't about sorting anything out. It's about just being with it. But mm-hmm. if you're coming at it with that, like I have to make progress, then you're going to try and sort and then you're going to have more suffering. Right, and... yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and what like what really are we doing if we're not facing ourselves? Yeah. If we're not accepting ourselves, what is our life like? Like, are you actually living? Yeah, that's um, in the the Buddhist wheel of life. They have the six realms, and uh, it's like the different realms that you can find yourself in, and that would be, mm-hmm. I guess, the animal realm, which is where you're just kind of like meeting your base needs and just kind of pursuing a love interest just for the sake of like getting your rocks off and like eating food and going to the bar mm-hmm. watching sports and um it's a very like automatic life you know and um sitting yes. is like the ability to like choose like i want more you know and frankly it's like i i think it's where like all power kind of comes from like the ability to be present with yourself if you can't do that then you have so much energy invested in distraction that you're, mm-hmm. you're never going to be able to, like, manifest the dreams that you have for yourself. Yeah. you got to, like, know yeah, yourself <laughs> in order to do yeah. it. It's... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Know yourself and own your shit. Yeah. Yep. Because mm-hmm. no one else can own it, you know. And a lot of people <laughs> spend their lives yeah. trying to make sure other people own their shit, you know. Go around blaming mm-hmm. everybody. And, I mean, we're right, seeing it yeah. with the president, you know. Like, yeah. I didn't lose. Like, they miscounted the votes. And they're doing illegal things. It's like, bro, you just lost. Like, own it. Sit with it. It could be a beautiful <laughs> moment for you. It could crack you open. Yeah. But yeah. we're all kind of, to some degree, displaying that same behavior, you know. Nobody wants of to course. own the fact that they've lost, <laughs> to some degree, certain things, you know. Mm-hmm. Right, Yeah putting up these protective barriers to make ourselves feel strong and mighty and like we've got it all under control. But yeah. like, do we, do we have anything under control? What is that? Yeah. 
that's where I think like a brunt of the suffering comes from. It's not from the actual pain itself. It's from trying to stay away from the pain. You create this like tense, mm-hmm. uh, just block mm-hmm. in yourself that yeah. is really hard to process the more that it builds. Whereas mm-hmm. if you just felt it right away, then, you know, you already mm-hmm. have let it go and moved on. That's kind of like yeah. the heart of what sitting teaches you is to just let go, experience, let go. Um, yeah. I actually just started a meditation teacher training with uh, David Nickter. Mm. And so we're like going through all of that. And um, mm. I've had to sit every day for 40 minutes now. And uh, yeah, it's it could be rough, especially these this day and age, you know. With, um, all that. I'm going to turn my light on real quick. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Sorry about that, friends. I had to go turn a lamp on. It was getting dark. (laughs) Stool's creepy here. So you probably feel those blockages where people are holding, um, holding that pain and not facing that pain in their bodies as a massage therapist. I do, yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, it's interesting because a lot of people will... I mean, I've never had anybody complain after a massage, but I can tell for certain people, like they have like 30 years of emotional guarding and they're coming to Mm. me and expecting me to be able to just like bust my body to try and like help them pass that. And it's, I can help, I can hold space for you and I can give you Mm. an awareness that there's tension there. That's my job as a massage therapist is to tell you the story of your body. It's it's not for me Mm. to do the work for you. Um, because I mean, I'm studying a lot on like pain science and the such, and um, a lot of the science is showing that like muscle tension, it's a neurological thing. It's not in Mm. the muscle. It's because Mm -hmm. they've told themselves a story that there's tension there and then that reifies it and it just creates these feedback loops. So Mm -hmm. my job is to get people in a very relaxed state to where they can create new associations. But that's Mm -hmm. my next step is to really embody what pain science is and to be able to tell them a new story of their body, both physically and emotionally, because once they have a new blueprint, then they'll be able to navigate it themselves. And that's ultimately what I want. I don't want repeat mm. customers. You know, I want, I want to yeah. be able to help expand awareness and, um, mm-hmm. which is why I'm doing the meditation because that yeah. also gives them a new tool to feel themselves. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. Yeah. Um, I've yeah, sp- I think a similar thing can, can be placed uh, with with sound healing, you know, focusing that energy on a certain part of your body, allowing allowing the painful spot to open up. Yeah. Just like like that those lyrics that you read. Breathe in the pain, like accept that it's there, but let it flow throughout and let it heal throughout. Let it let it go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. kind of why I picked those lyrics. I'm sorry if I put you on the spot right away. I thought about that. I was oh, that's like, okay. maybe I should have picked different ones. But I mean, life <laughs> is very short and we're all feeling it. Yes. Like that's not unique. I'm glad you did. I'm glad you did. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. It, um, it, it's important to be able to speak speak to it you know i mean we're all Mm -hmm. we're all experiencing very similar things maybe not the same but similar enough to where when you put it to work to music people feel Mm -hmm. it you know it's received and i think that 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 speaks volumes you know 
absolutely that's what we're here doing you know it's like to tell each other that we see each other and just like in massage therapy my goal is to show you your body it's for you to experience what's already there in the same way our relationships are like a massage and that we're we're seeing each other we're seeing where we're blocked just by existing with each other you know it's a natural unfolding Mm -hmm. process and um yeah i mean maybe that's why i feel called to like host a show where I just talk to people who are doing things, you know, it's more mm-hmm. for me than it is my guests, to be honest. Sorry, guests. Um, but uh, maybe it's selfish, but it's, it's a matter of mm-hmm. like connecting and communicating and hope, trusting that through that communication, whoever finds this it, will get what they need from it, you know, and just mm-hmm. trying to get folks who are of like mind enough to where I know that, you know, the highlight aspects of experience, I think people are blocked at. Mhm. Yeah. But it's good work. Yeah, thanks. Mm-hmm. But you're also doing good work with this new Patreon. Not to rubber band <laughs> to this other thing, but I actually nice. looked at it. Nice transition. Thanks, yeah. I, I had it up my sleeve. Segway. Yeah. Um, I've also been thinking about Patreon stuff, so my brain's mm-hmm. as soon as I saw that you were doing it, I'm like, "Oh, nice. I want to talk to you about it cuz mm-hmm. it, it's fun to like set up, right?" Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah, so I um, I started this because, uh, well, my whole, um, I don't want to say it was inspired by income, <laughs> but <laughs> like definitely like my income, um, my ways of making money have changed quite a bit this year. So I'm trying to open up to new avenues and something that's been on my mind for a while has been to start like an online vocal yoga studio. Oh my God. <laughs> so where you use your voice as like, like you would with yoga as a tool to connect with yourself and to experience yourself in different ways and heal parts of your body. Um, so I wanted to you know, put out, put out lesson videos online for people. Um, kind of like what some online yoga studios, studios are doing where you pay like a monthly subscription fee and you get access to a bunch of videos. So that was, that's been on my mind for a while. Um, and I thought that this Patreon would be a great segue into like creating like a building block in creating this. It would, get me used to making videos and um, teaching and recording myself, which is just so strange and feels really awkward to me right now. (laughs) Um, But it'll get better. And so creating this Patreon would allow me to build that um, and, and hopefully help bring that connection to people's voices in their own lives. Um, but also as a way to create and share my music, um, that's not quite finished. I don't feel like really, I don't feel like I want to put it out on social media and share it with people in that way, um, because unfinished work for me is a little bit vulnerable. Um, so having this Patreon, you know, these people that, that feel a connection with my music Um, and want to support me um, 
would give me a, a nice space to sharing those vulnerable things with, with others. So I want to create with this Patreon a community of people that want to explore their own creativity in ways that I can, um, that I can give, you know, with, with what I've studied, um, I'm going to make some videos on like creativity exercises, vocal exercises, things that people can use um, to deepen their own practice. That's a really incredible platform. And that's not really any like Mm. vocal yoga. I've never heard that phrase (laughs) before. So um, cool. Yeah. Yeah. So do you want to go through uh, each of the reward brackets and just kind of outline some things? Or do you feel like you kind of covered it? Yeah, I could talk about that a little bit. Yeah. I just think, I mean, yeah, I genuinely think this is a really cool idea and I'd love to hear Mm -hmm. more. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so my first tier is my sprout tier, the little sprouts or seedlings. Mm. And it's just $5 a month. And that's the tier where I'll release songs that I'm working on, um, unfinished songs, or, you know, I'm thinking about recording a solo album soon. I want to do like guided meditation, not guided meditation. I want to do a meditation music album. Um, but I also have a few songs up my sleeve that I kind of want to record on my own just to see what I can do with it. Um, so that $5 tier, people can kind of see what I'm working on, um, musically, what I'm writing and um, that kind of stuff. And I'm putting out weekly poems, and that'll help me to keep writing. Because the more you write, um, the deeper you get. And um, I'm also doing some guided meditations for those as well. I just recorded a root chakra guided meditation. Nice. Thought that would help people, you know, with all of the chaos happening to reconnect with the earth and um, themselves (laughs) and uh, kind of ground that, you know, anxiety and thinking. So, yeah, I have that coming out soon. And, yeah, that's basically the $5 tier. I mean, the guided meditation alone is like worth five bucks, let alone everything else. I mean... Oh, cool. Those are, those are, <laughs> guided meditations are important, especially if people mm-hmm. don't have their own meditation, you know, just to get people into yeah. the space. It, it's a good gateway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then my $10 tier is more for people that uh, want to explore their voice and maybe vocalists that want vocal exercises or creativity tips. So you get all of the things in the $5 tier and you get Um, I just recorded like a breathing exercise for vocalists to be able to sustain their breath longer. And I'll do some like, you know, warm up exercises and other things. I'll do some chakra toning as well to um, bring that voice and connection with your energetic body, which I have found very healing. Um, yeah, so it's the $10 tier. is a little deeper practice and some more material to help 
people with their own creative process. Mm. And then the $25 tier is the full bloom tier, mm. fully developed flower. Mm. And you get everything in the lower two tiers. And you also get a monthly lesson, 30 minute lesson with me. Nice. That's yeah. important. Yeah. So a little extra guidance. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's so cool. You just released mm -hmm. this too, right? This is like, did, this is yeah. fresh. A few days yeah. ago. Freshly planted. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It's kind of weird how the timing worked out. I honestly like didn't plan that, but like, cool. Mm -hmm. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. 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 Wow. That's exciting. Mm -hmm. It's another one of those, um, unforeseen gems of COVID is like it kind of forced you to right. expand and add new right. elements to your practice. And mm -hmm. Yeah. And I found with teaching, like, um, I have become a better musician from teaching music. Yeah. And I feel like this is going to be the case with, um, teaching like sound healing or teaching, um, songwriting, teaching, teaching meditation too. I think it's going to going to deepen my own practice and my connection with others in, in those ways too. It's the way forward. So, yeah. Mm -hmm, it's cool yeah. that you have the confidence to be able to hold that space for people, especially oh, with like meditation man. and sound <laughs> healing. Cause a lot of people come to you with, you know, a head full of neuroses and sometimes look mm -hmm. to you to like help. And it there takes this like careful judo to where you have to like kind of flip that and mm. kind of, you know, maintain the boundaries. And, but mm. I definitely trust, I mean, based on how you're talking about it, that you're going to be able to handle that well. So. Mm, thank you. I hope so. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's definitely like, I'm still a beginner in a yeah. lot of these things. Um, but you know, the more I do it, the the more I'll grow in that area. So, so even though it's a little scary to, I don't even like want to necessarily call myself a guide yeah. <laughs> through those things. But I'm more just like sharing people, sharing with people my own practice. Yeah, mm -hmm. you're a spiritual friend. You know, it's yeah. There's actually. Um, <laughs> A role in Buddhism that is essentially that you know there's like the gurus mm -hmm. who are like the full embodiment but then there's the mm -hmm. people that you come across that like give you little tips and guides and it's like nestled mm -hmm. in the tradition and I think mm -hmm. like every actual good guide and teacher starts off as where you're at you know like I'm not really sure if I should be doing this but the world is calling it <laughs> out of me so I have to do yeah, it yeah <laughs> that's a really good way to put it yeah mm -hmm. That's kind of, yeah, that's part of the process, you know, and the fact that you're starting it as young as you are. I mean, I think you're going to be a very powerful being, you know. I mean, you already are, mm -hmm. but, um, you know, you're definitely planting those seeds as we all are. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Okay, well, um, we're doing we're an hour and 15 right now, so nice. Mm -hmm. Nice. <laughs> yeah, is there anything else mm -hmm. you would like to say before we uh, part ways for the time being? Well, we said a lot of really wonderful things. Mm -hmm. And yeah, you um, just talking about this have, have sparked a little more confidence in, in my journey and what I'm doing. I think, like I said before, it's 
important to follow whatever you're called to do. Um, and sometimes other people's ideas of what you should be doing can be very distracting and you can listen to them a little bit too much. Um, so when I am doing something that I'm called to do and somebody like you says, keep doing it, it's amazing, then it's, if it's even more, it just, it sinks in even more. It's that, that calmness and that peace that I am on the right path. Yeah. And, and doing what I'm doing is, it's good to, it's good to feel. So thank you. Of course. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mm -hmm. think that's, that's a part of the thing is you get handed a fire and sometimes it's raining and sometimes your hand can't protect the fire. So having people mm -hmm. come in and out of your life to be able to help you cultivate that fire, you know, that's part of the path of surrendering and being open to the world. You know, it's, mm -hmm. I'm just kind of a reflection of something that's already happening within you, you know, and as mm -hmm. is everybody else who will continue to encourage you and support you. And same to me, you know? So, mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, we're all just walking each other home, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you. This has been beautiful. I agree. It's very nice. Awesome. Thank you so mm -hmm. much, Hannah, for your time mm -hmm. and your energy. And uh, I'll talk to you very soon, I'm sure. Sounds great. Thank you. All right, my friends, that was the show. Thank you so much for tuning in listening to the end. Um, next week, we should have a regular scheduled show, but if not, I will let you know. It kind of depends on if I can get back into my studio or not. Um, I just want to make sure I'm safe and all the people I interact with are safe and you're safe and your parents are safe. I'm just trying to be safe. Um, but without further ado... Here is the rest of Evolve. It's the full track. Like I said, it's off their third album, Reanimate. Strongly suggest giving it a listen. It's on Spotify, wherever your streaming is. It's on YouTube. Like them on Facebook. Like them on Twitter. Like them on Instagram. Do all the things. Uh, you can follow Hannah Lane as well. All the links below. You guys be safe. Bye. Gradients detected, radiant ejected, words pen.